0: so eager to get into our conversation with you Jackie. Uh, you and I well, we have never met in physical physical person. But we met and have Not shared yet. lots of conversations over Zoom and phone and I've loved getting to know you. Erin, Jackie's one of those people that you just have a normal quote unquote casual conversation with and also you're just like I need to apply everything she said. <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh pressure,
1: no, it's pressure. Great. i love it now actually we've really connected we've we've done the pandemic friendship we've built a a, a rep- you know, a relationship during the pandemic. And so everybody during the pandemic hasn't seen each other face-to-face, but we've really connected. Yes, that, that is true. Other. And
0: I will say that I think if it weren't the pandemic, I, you know, now we're used to reaching out to someone who like for you lives in Texas, I'm in California. Like, hey, let's let's meet over Zoom. I mean, I don't know that I would have done, I would have maybe hesitated, right? So on that, yeah. It's a gift. Yeah, Um yeah, Jackie, yeah. tell us, okay, so for those who have not, had the privilege of, um, you know, being exposed to you, your writing, your teaching. Um, just give us a little snapshot of kind of what what you're about these days and how you got there. Hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I run a ministry called the Marcella Project. Um, and if you don't know who Marcella is, I advise you to look her up because she's our church mama. And um, we are trying to do what Marcella did, which is uh, teach the Bible really, really well, And to help women live out that truth um, on the ground. So she's an amazing woman. Um, It's a ministry committed to ennobling. Most people don't know what that word means. It means to lift up to dignity, to nobility. So we um, are working to ennoble women um, through scripture-based teaching, training, and dialogue. And one of the things that we really want to do is revisit how the church has talked about women and perhaps reshape some of the ways um, we've kept women in bondage through the scriptures that sometimes we use scripture in ways that are dangerous to women. So we're revisiting that, hopefully giving women the freedom to um, thrive. So yeah, that's what I do. I was a pastor at a mega church for 10 years prior to that and loved that job. I, my husband was also a pastor, so I've been a pastor's wife. So I'm quite confused. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and, uh, and uh, I've written, you know, a lot of Bible studies. And when I was a pastor on staff, I was asked to be the teaching pastor to women. So my main role has been to train women to teach the Bible and then to train women how to write Bible studies. And in the process of that, I went on to get my doctorate to learn how to train people to preach really well. well. And so, yeah, that's what I do. I train women to teach the Bible really well. And I train women to reevaluate how Jesus sees them through the scriptures. That, that summarizes it.
0: Well, you are a a much needed voice, I think, for for now, for, um, you know, I think so many women, I, I think what happens is you are answering questions that many women either are afraid to ask or just have. Buried so deep. I know for me, like a lot of times as I've deconstructed and kind of rethought some things, I realized like, I don't know that I was asking those questions, but I think I wanted to, but they were just so buried deep and um, you know, just kind of dismissed that it's not until I hear a different way or an answer that those questions can bubble up and I can find my way. And I think you're, you're doing that for a lot of women and men as well, but, but you know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And men too. Yeah. 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 Whenever you're
1: reshaping
2: the view of women, you're also reshaping the view of men because we're the yin and the yang. We, we go together. We're, 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 we're. You're so right, Jackie. It is really the dichotomy of of how leadership forms in the church and men and women's positions and the perspectives around that are such a a topic of discussion and an important piece of how we as women approach um, following God's call. And so we're so uh, excited to chat with you today. In fact, we wanted to share with you and some of our listeners, if this might be your first time back or first time listening, we're actually going to shift into a new format for the podcast moving forward. And um, as opposed to some of the direct questions, we're going to kind of open it a bit for our guests. So today, from Jackie, we're going to hear a word, a warning, and a wow. And so, Jackie, if you're if you're game, we'd love to jump in and hear uh, what word you've come to the podcast today to share with women.
1: Yeah, so that was such a great question you guys sent me. You know, what is your word that you would like that you've kind of carried? You know how every year we come up with a word, right? I don't. I'm going to admit it. I don't don't do
0: that. I'm a bad, (laughs) I don't know. I'm a bad something. But yes, go on.
1: I I don't do it either. But it's a thing. It's a thing, you know? Um, But what's interesting is when you asked me, when you sent me that question, it was like a no-brainer for me because the word has always been the same since really the inception of my coming to faith. And that word is freedom.
2: Mm,
1: I love it. And I I love where it says in John 8, 36, right? John says, if the sun sets you free, then you are free indeed, you know? And later, Paul reiterates that, right? in a different way, he says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I experienced freedom as a brand new believer. I, I don't know if you know this, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I didn't grow up around Christians and I never went to church and I didn't have a Bible. And I didn't know anybody that wore the cross earrings and the sayings on your t-shirt and all that stuff that there's down here in Texas. <laughs> um, and, I, and I grew up in an abusive home. My dad was a really abusive man. And upon that, I made some really bad choices as a, as a teenager and got involved in sex, drugs and rock and roll. I have a devil tattoo put on my hips. And I looked good on the outside um, as long as you didn't see the devil tattoo, but um, I looked good on the outside, you know, I wore the nice clothes and I got the good grades and all that stuff, but inside train wreck waiting to happen. And I came to know Jesus during that time frame, and I experienced freedom. And um, if you don't mind, I'll share with you like the first wow. time that I remember going to yes, church for sure. Tell us. And, upon coming to faith. Uh, my husband and I were living in a van and we were down in Florida. And, uh, we went to a church in the Florida Keys and it was outside and I got to wear my jean cut off (laughs) shorts. And I thought, this is (laughs) true.
0: This church, I will accept
1: (laughs) this is if that, why didn't I know there's a church like this? I would have went a long time ago. Um, but I remember distinctly, and it was 30 some years ago, the pastor saying, you know, Jesus has forgiven your sins and there is no more condemnation or shame. And he invited us to come down to the front and lay every sin that we had ever committed, everything we'd ever done to violate ourselves or others and God at the altar. And I did it. And when I walked away, it was settled for me. Like the guy said it was finished. And I actually believed that Jesus finished it. And so from that moment on, I experienced this um, unconditional love from Jesus. And it's never changed. I know some people wrestle. Does he like me? Does he love me? I just never did. From that moment on. I felt free. I didn't feel any more shame. There was no, you know, the Hebrews talks about the fact that Jesus cleanses our conscience. And um, so, yeah, it's been freedom. That word has been my word since the very beginning.
0: That is such um, an act of grace in your life, especially with your background. I mean, do you think you were, it's almost like you were, you were so hungry for that total acceptance and love and freedom Do you feel like you were just ready for it? Or do you think it was truly like a miracle of God's work in your life or both? Well, (laughs) since I'm a theologian,
1: I would say yes and yes, because that's how we answer everything. (laughs) Yes, it's that. And it's also, well, you know what? I actually, even though I grew up in an abusive home, my mom was a really good woman, Mm. is a really good woman. And she loved unconditionally. And I think it's interesting. I think Jesus saved me before he saved me by giving me a mother who actually showed me what unconditional love could look like. So when I heard that Jesus loved like that, it wasn't a big leap for me to believe it. Um, and so I think he set the groundwork for me, which is really beautiful in light of being raised in an abusive home. Um, and so, and, and I also just think it was an, it was an act of grace, right? It was, a, it was a miracle. I, 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 how, how can, I mean, every single one of us that comes to faith, it's a miracle. Mine just is more dramatic than others maybe, but yeah. So I think it was both. I think he was, he saved me by giving me a mother to pave the road, you know, to plant the right soil, to have, to have the right soil. Yeah. And then when I met Jesus, it was just not a big jump. I was like, yeah, I get that. I know what that looks like.
0: So what does that look like for you, um, really, leading other women to a place of freedom? Um, obviously, that's a big part of what you do in ministry and have been doing now for a couple decades. How does freedom play into your current ministry and how you teach women to live into their gifts and, and what you do with that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I, again, the freedom word has always been the driver, right? So I experienced it. Um, I intellectually learned it and I also experienced it and then I couldn't like everything in me was like other people have to have this I mean you just got to have this this is awesome you know and I and I started realizing that women were living in a lot of bondage you know that they were in bondage to their own sins sins they had committed Um, lots of extreme guilt and shame and all of that but also uh, wearing uh, the sins that had been done to them, right? Lots of women experienced domestic violence and sexual exploitation. And, and they were walking around with those things. And then I saw a lot of women self abusing. And I, I've seen that over 30 years, uh, we are masters at abusing ourselves, mm. right? We constantly are telling ourselves awful things about ourselves. Um, we're constantly beating ourselves up. And then I watched women, even women of faith, especially it just had us unique wrapping around it in the church, but women were always constantly comparing and competing with each other. And so there was this, all of these things are to me like bondages that that keep people from not only freedom, but fully living. I mean, Jesus said, I've come so that you can have abundant life, you know, not just existence, abundant life. Well, none of that is abundant, right? And so then it was like, okay, how do I help through Jesus showing me where he is in the word and how to bring it to women. How do I help them start like getting away from these areas that are, that are dragging, that are, that are keeping them dead, you know? And so that literally is what I have given my life to in the last 30 years. is helping women get free and learning how to live free. Right. It's one thing when you get free and then you've got to learn how to live free. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, and, and, and I think, um, just to piggyback on that a little bit, like somewhere along the way, Jesus taught me to be free in who he made me to be, right? Like I, I say I have this statement where I always say that Jesus gave me permission to be unapologetically who I am, controlled by the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I have to add the controlled right. by the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're dominant, you don't get to go in the board meeting and just dominate over everybody because Jesus doesn't do that, mm-hmm. right? That's not how the spirit works. And um, so I, 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 it took me a while, and um, because when I came to Dallas from New York, I didn't fit in. I, you know, I was a brand new Christian when I arrived here, and the women are beautiful here, and they're very quiet, and they're lovely, and you know, not sarcastic. And you know, I had curly hair that I didn't know how to tame, and I swore because that's what New Yorkers do—it's punctuation, you know, like—and <laughs> um, I just. I kept thinking, I've got to get quieter. I've got to get smaller. And when I looked at these women, and I think you know this, I I call them light pink. Like everybody looked the same and they looked lovely. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't fit in. And it took me a while of Jesus saying, hey, I've made you lime green. Yes. And that is a hue of color that there's, this is how I came about it. I came to the point where I recognized that Jesus, that God is enormous. And if God was color, he'd be every color there is and every shade of color. And we're all trying to conform in the Christian community to this one color, light pink, you know, and God's going, oh, no, no, I need purples and I need reds and I need oranges and I need yellows because all of that needs to be present in order for the fullness of God to be seen. And so what I realized, he made me lime green and um, he wanted me to be that um, unapologetically controlled by the spirit. And so I want that for other women too, right? Um, I want that for other women.
2: Yeah. So that's so powerful. I love that. There is, um, you use this word, which I think holds so much weight, which is permission. And I think as females in ministry, that's a word that like we carry, right. We always want to make sure that we like are given the, the right to do what we feel God has called us to do. And it's so powerful to shift that perspective, to say, like, not that we're going to fly off the handle against anyone's policy, but that we have been given permission by the one who created right. us to be ourselves right. and to listen to the calling that he has put on our lives. And I think that's that's a big part of what keeps so many of us in, in the light pink camp is we feel like we don't have permission to be different. And I, I, I think that's such a, a beautiful concept that God... God wants the uniqueness that he made you with to be part of what you do yeah. for his kingdom.
1: In fact, he needs it. He needs it. Yeah. Because there's, he put a hue of color in you and there is something about God that gets expressed through that color that I don't show people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we need to see it, right? We need to see those I things. I love it. Um, my my mom is light pink and she's peace. She She mm-hmm. represents the peace of God. And there's not an ounce about me that's peaceful. And so, you know, like, but there are times in my life I need to stand next to her just so I can have peace ooze over. Right. You know, like
0: I need to be near peace. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, I could go through every characteristic of God and say, yeah, we need every single one of them showing loudly through us.
2: Yeah. Erin, so, what color would you say you are? I think lime green is so fun. I definitely think I'm like orange. I'm like citrus. I'm sharp, but I am I can be sweet. I'm loud i'm italian and irish so i'm just like as loud as you can get um so i think like orange is probably a good color what about you andrea i love it i love it i was gonna say orange too but it might
0: maybe partly because i love orange um but yeah i'm just kind of like loud and um you know i think i i come out i don't know it's a lot i (laughs) there's a lot when 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 i'm involved (laughs) A lot of laughing, loudness, all that. So I'm happy to share um, orange yeah. with you. I love that. Okay, we'll be orange. <laughs> um, the uh, I love Jackie too. Just sort of that whole, um, you know, the the trajectory of recognizing places of bondage, um, being able to kind of unlatch from those. And then having to move forward and recognize, so what does it mean to live in that freedom? That's such a, a great visual and obviously the colors. What, so you have certainly learned things along the way. Um, what would you say as we kind of move on to this next word, warning, um, if you could give sort of one warning um, based on what you have learned and experienced to our listeners, what would that be?
1: Yeah, this one also isn't very hard for me to come up with. And it would be The Body Keeps the Score. And um, there's a book written about it. And, um, you know, when I was coming up the ranks in ministry, uh, there wasn't a lot of conversation around self care. And I think people today are talking about that more. We're doing a better job at it. I think I hear women, younger women, taking care of themselves. And I think that in ministry, and I think that's excellent. That was not my case. That was not the case when I was growing up. There, There was no conversation about that. And I, um, you know, I was a minister at a mega church and uh, oversaw pastoral care of women and, you know, thousands of women and um, and life, you know, ministry is stressful. It's a very stressful, it's a unique kind of work. I was one of the only women. So I was kind of in my, you know, alone in that. Mm. And so there was aloneness and um, lots of stress. And I remember I went to the counselor one time and I described what I was experiencing during this time frame and he said to me well Jackie you have burnout and he said you're you're you've got like everything you're doing is amazing work you you've got like 10 pounds of sugar but you're trying to cram it in a 5 pound bag <laughs> and because i was a minister <laughs> it's true <laughs> and i was and and you know and because i was a minister and then also a pastor's wife i had really low support system yeah. so like um, if you're a minister everybody's going oh i get that mm-hmm. right like yeah there's friends that you have but really you're kind of separated out not because always the pastor chooses a lot of times the congregation puts you outside right like they they want you to be special i spent most of my time going please let me just be one of you women right <laughs> you know um but anyway i went home from that and i did all this research on what is burnout because i'd never heard of it before and i almost burned out on researching burnout <laughs> that's my temperament and you know um i had a doctor at the time i had broken my back and i was recovering from a broken back and all that and 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 uh, my husband had a brain tumor. My dad went nuts and tried to kill my sister. Oh I had a my son- gosh, Jackie. Oh yeah. I mean, I had a lot of trauma going on in my own personal wow. life. And um, I had a son that, you know, we had to kick out of the house because he was doing drugs. And um, mind you, I was working full time and getting my doctorate and my work. Oh. I tended to be what was called the triage pastor. So I was one of the, if, if somebody's husband walked out, if somebody had been beaten, if somebody's daughter had tried to commit suicide, I was there. I was I was I was in the mud with them, you know. So I was experiencing a lot of secondhand trauma from pastoring Mm. that all the time. And anyway, all to say, one of my doctors said to me, I almost stroked out twice. I had to go to the hospital and be shot up with something that brought down my temperature because I or my um, blood pressure because I'd almost stroked
0: twice. Oh, and this isn't a period of like how how long were you going this this pace? Okay, Uh, a couple years. A
1: couple years. years. You know, when I talk people we do have seasons of suffering that go on for years Mm. if you ever if you ever like i've noticed this there's rashes like they can go on for several years Mm. and then it quiets wife life quiets for a while and then there's again a rash if you will of of trauma after trauma after trauma when i get to the new heavens and new earth i am going to ask jesus what on earth was that all (laughs) (laughs) why why the season you know like why not just one blow and let me get back up but anyway (laughs) um (laughs)
0: <laughs> so your body was yeah. holding my body all of that
1: yeah oh yeah my doctor said to me I don't know what you're doing but if you don't stop it you're going to be dead and of course so many of these things I couldn't change I couldn't change that my dad had lost his mind my my husband's brain tumor my son like those I couldn't right so there, there wasn't a lot of space yeah I was in that hourglass I call it an hourglass you know, where, when you're married, before you're married, or when you get married, no children, you have more time, all that. Then you have kids and it's this, and you're climbing your vocation and it's a squeeze time. And then your kids leave and you have more space. And so I was in that hourglass space where there just was no, um, and I didn't pay attention to my body. So now when I minister to women uh, who minister, when they tell me what they're going through, the first thing I ask them is, how's your body doing? And they always get this funny, like, why are you asking me that? And then they start to tell me and their body is breaking down. And I'm like, okay, your body's keeping the score. Interesting. Like, you're not doing well because your body is keeping wow. the score. And in my work, I loved my work, but it literally was
0: killing me. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Working at the church. Almost. killed yeah. me. I had to quit the church to stay alive. I tell people.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I, I can understand why, why women in particular would look like, wait, what does that have to do with anything? I think, um you know and i've obviously you know been on your website and been following you and paying attention and and even when i first got connected with you i was like i i was trying to like wow the, there's a lot of conversation just about the physical what does that mean i want to be open to that and i even found myself like yeah but that's not as important right and i i'm sorry i'll be honest with you and but it's so true, like this is man if we if we want to keep doing the work God's called us to do, then really paying attention and um noticing and working toward health in all the ways, you know, taking care of the vessel, so to speak, is so important. Yeah. so yeah how do how do women like how how do you teach them to attend to that? Well, you
1: know, I do a whole series on body image, then, if you've been stepping yes, around on true. my website. I do know
0: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ask women, this, I do a series on why do we have a body? What's the body all about? And it's fascinating to see that we have taught women um, to live very dualistically, as if our spiritual life is one thing and our physical life is another. And I try to remind people, if you are mind, body, and soul, mm-hmm right? You're you're to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. All of those um, words actually are body embodied, right? Your strength comes from your body. Where's your mind to live? Oh, it's in the body. It's actually part of the body. It's a material thing, right? Your soul, where is it? Well, it's not outside your body. It's inside your body, right? We are interconnected. All, your mind, body, and soul is totally interconnected. And I love what, so God has a lot to say to us about who he is and about who we are, through the material world, including our material bodies. And one of the things he tells us when the body keeps the score is, um, look, you're not me. I'm limitless, but you are not. I have made humans with limitations. You're not God. I mean, that's one of the things the body's telling you when it breaks down, right? Sabbath. It's If you won't Sabbath, the Lord basically said to me, if you won't slow down, I'll take you down. I'll, I'll teach you how to say, <laughs> wow. That's yeah. The,
0: I think so often we focus on, you know, we think about our young women, our teens, and we pay attention to body image and what, you know, kind of physically, because everything is changing and, you know, we want them to have a healthy view of that. Um, but we kind of lose it as we get older and we think it's not as significant. I don't know. Erin, is that, I mean, would you resonate with that?
2: I mean, I think it really, I think the more we know about who we are, and I think so much of that um, comes at more formative later stages of life, because I do think that like a, a deep understanding of who we are as a person is not just simply within ourselves. It's it's almost who we are in the context of family, who we are in the context of friendship, who we are in the context of community and in church Um, and I do believe that there is this feeling of the older you get and the more you understand who you are within context, not only what you bring into that space, but how, who you are affects other people in that space. I do think that is something that comes with maturity. And so it is something that I think wisdom is, is grown over tenure in being who you are, um, but at the same time, you know, I had someone tell me years ago that like if your output exceeds your input, the upkeep becomes the downfall, right? And I think that that is something that especially now when we look at a time in which I do think there is a little bit more freedom for younger women especially in the church to pursue a career and to pursue a calling, there's a lot more space for that, but I think that many women fall into young women especially fall into those same patterns of, of trying to do it all of trying to carry it all. And the fear of being potentially younger and also being a woman means that you're too scared to ask for help because you don't want to be seen as incompetent and you're too afraid to delegate because you're not, you haven't worked with the team long enough to understand how important that can be. And so, yeah, I mean, as a younger woman, and yeah, might I glad, please. you have to do it better. You yeah. actually as a woman,
1: you have to do it better. If you're the minority, you can't just do it as good as the guys are Correct. doing it. You got to do it better, yeah. which means more time, more energy, more output, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. more of a toll yeah. on on your physical yeah. physical body. And
1: I would say And I would say this, like I work with older women too, like my age, I'm 56. And I work with women who are in their 40s and 50s. And I still find women are really struggling with uniting their mind, body and soul together. Like I, they have a hard time living in their body really well. And one of the things the body mediates for us is the ability to be known, right? Like 90% of communication is done through the body. Do you realize that 90%. And so, you know, that's why everything being done on zoom is not all that helpful incarnation really matters that's why jesus chose to come in flesh so that we could see the invisible god visibly right and so there's something to this and in in the body allows us to connect and be known it's crucial that we that we embrace our bodies And live in them confidently, just like we do our personalities, and just like we do our gift things. Like, I want to train women to like live holistically with total confidence in who God made them to be. I'm short. I'm five two. I'm always going to be short. I even think in the new heavens and new earth, I'm going to be short. And I think Jesus likes me just that way. I'm short. You're
0: lime green and short. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lime green and short. I love that. You know, you said holistic. (laughs) That was the word that was coming to my mind. You know, I. Uh, my my hope for sure for our leaders who are in our Lead Bold community is that they would um, serve and live and live out their freedom holistically and be mindful of all the all the things. I love it. Okay, we gotta switch gears here a little bit because I want to get to this last word, which is wow. Um, You know, I think one of the sweet gifts as women who minister is that we get these glimpses, I think, sometimes of just a wow moment that are just not that I guess God does that with everybody, but I just feel like there is a unique perspective sometimes that we have where we just get this glimpse of God or a glimpse of another person. And it's like, whoa, that, that was for me. You know, that was a wow moment. Um, so it's appropriate to kind of close our time here together with Jackie. Uh, would you share with us what one of the wows that you want to tell us about?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because I knew the word very easily and I knew what the warning was right away. The wow, I was like, are you kidding me? It's all been a wow. I mean, I don't <laughs> yes. know. I've, I'm like, how
2: do you tear that down? You know, <laughs> That's like, a good problem that exactly have. Right.
1: We, we live in the spiritual realm and we get to watch the spirit do things yeah. and we literally, our job is we literally get to watch resurrection over and over again. We get to watch Jesus bring dead things back to life all the time. It, uh, you know, it's just, it's all a wow. but I, I picked one. <laughs> it's not even close to the only one, but, um, and, and I, I went back to what was one that was like a wow, that was trajectory setting for me. And it was the time I saw um, a woman teach at our chapel at Dallas Theological Seminary. I was a brand new believer when I came to seminary. I should have never been in seminary. Somebody should have just sent me to church. It's been a lot cheaper. But anyway, I went to seminary instead to get to know Jesus. And, um, oh my God, tuition. I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, somebody should have told me. Anyway, I, you know, I, I was in a seminary with all male professors and mostly male students. I was one of the few female students and, um, these male paths, professors were profound I mean they were brilliant and kind and good and I was so grateful to sit at their feet and I walked away from every single class going oh my god like poof, you know my mind was blown with just all of it but I'd never seen a woman open the bible or teach and with the brilliance that these men were bringing until I went to chapel and Jill Briscoe stood up one day walked to the podium opened her bible and in her English accent she's English um she started preaching the word of God. And it, it just did something to me. I mean, I had heard men preach a lot at that point. I, some, it, I don't know, except it was seeing a female body move and hearing a female voice speaking to my female experience. And it was over 30 years ago, and I can still to this day tell you the illustration that she told. And, and it was, she had, I think, three or four kids and she, you know, wanted some quiet time with Jesus. And so she would climb inside the playpen and leave her kids on the outside <laughs> so she could spend time with Jesus. Yes. And the challenge oh was King David ran a nation and he still had a heart after God. And so if King David can spend time with Jesus running a nation, so can you. And I was sitting there thinking, as a new mother, everybody told me, oh, don't worry if you don't have time with Jesus. It's okay. He understands. And here's this woman saying, uh-uh, get yourself in the playpen, you know?
0: And that was and not an English is, accent, I... by the way. You didn't, you didn't do a good job with that.
1: <laughs> I've never been able to get Jill's accent. But man, she's been instrumental in my life from that point on. I've got to tell you, she stepped in multiple times into my life and spoke into my life in ways that kept me going. But I, I cried mm. and I couldn't even understand what I was experiencing. But I'm sitting there in chapel bawling. And it was because this woman was female speaking to my female experience, doing what I'd only seen men do. And it was profound to me. At the same time, half the guys got up from the room and left. And I was a brand new Christian. Oh. So I didn't know what was going on there, but I felt like, uh Oh, I'm overwhelmed with this and they're not happy. And I didn't know what that was. And so I guess what I want um, to say uh, to the women who are ministering is that what you are doing really matters and people are watching And they're learning and they're gaining freedom from seeing you do it, even if you don't know. I I love what there's a quote that says, having a woman to look up to has been proven to be a crucial part of girls' development. A woman in a position of power allows girls to envision themselves in the same position and to create goals for their own success. Mm. So I think what I want to say to women is we have got to embrace who we are. the the hue of color that God has placed in us. We've got to embrace who we are and the rightness of what we do so that we can pull up to the table and be all that Jesus wants us to be and know for a fact that that's going to influence other women to do the same. Incredible.
0: Yeah. It's something, it's something that we hear a lot. Um, you know, when we talk to women about their own story and how they did not see, um, you know, whether they're a woman or even more particularly, if they're a woman of color, I did not see right. myself in these leadership roles. Mm. My So, you know, it's interesting because as a teaching pastor, um, I look at my daughter, I have two daughters, and I look at my older daughter who has known nothing else church-wise except women in all levels of leadership. And um, I... As she was kind of getting ready to go to college, I thought, oh man, we better prepare her. She's going to get, she's going (laughs) to be like blindsided. I don't, I don't even know if she knew that wasn't how it always was. Right. Okay. And so that's sort of a separate thing, but she has a friend that she's met there who is also a believer, but had a very different church background. And they together watched a service of our church online just a couple of weeks ago where I happened to be teaching. And it's part of why they wanted to watch that one. Because she, I know this friend and, you know, that was the first time that, that her friend, yep. who is, you know, 19 years old in the 21st century, had ever seen a woman preach in church. Wow. And okay. I just thought, it, I mean, I was so glad that she got to see it. But also, and it resonated with myself. You know, I didn't see that either. So you're right. right like we... Being that person, and also watching for that person in our own life who is more down the road. I mean, Jackie, you're that for me in some ways. Like getting to see like where you are and how you live so fully into pouring into others. That to me, it, you know, that spurs me on to my next thing. So I, I love that. Wow, I love that we can be each other's wows in this world. Right? Yeah. 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 All for right. sure. For sure. Yeah. And for me, it's not even about whether
1: somebody gets to preach or not. Right. Yeah. Like it's, but there is something about seeing a woman open a Bible and actually intellectually through the power of the spirit, deliver a transformative message to a woman's experience. There's something powerful about that, regardless of where it happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, and it does, it does encourage women to recognize that you have the capacity to know Jesus and you have the capacity to know the It is not foreign to you as a female. You can know this and you can know it really well. You can be a scholar. You can be a theologian. You can know God. And so there's something bigger than just even, you know, I want to always be careful with the word preach, right? Like, I, I know I'm going on a little bit, but it doesn't matter. It's not about yeah. the actual preaching. It's actually that you're seeing someone handle the scriptures and be able to convert it to how the scripture applies to a woman's experience mm-hmm. and hopefully helps transfer that over. And it
2: raises women's awareness and goes, well, wait a minute. If She can do that. I can. Yeah. Do yes, you can. Yes, you can. I love that you mentioned too that like it doesn't necessarily have to be preaching. I know there's a lot of women who listen to this podcast who are in such different areas of ministry who are who love to hear from people in ministry but maybe don't even work directly in ministry and I I can't echo what you said more. I woke up every day and I I saw my mother at the kitchen table reading the Bible every day mm. and I saw that and that was that was leadership in the home and I that uh, That's right. uh, uh, Yes, formative. formative. It was a a signification of discipline and a connection to God. And so for those of you who maybe are thinking after hearing this, like, I'm not a preacher, man, it's so important that you're seen (laughs) in all of what you're doing and that it it showcases all the avenues that God can open for for young people, men and women. It's important for young men to see women in leadership too
0: yeah yep yes, people are are watching, whether we know it or not, whether we want them to or not. so there's a there's a there's a lot sure there. Are. So awesome. Well, hey, one thing Jackie, that Aaron and I like to do, we forgot to talk about this is um, <laughs> we pay attention to kind of how the conversation goes, and then we come up with a fake title for your autobiography that you now have to mm-hmm. go and write. And I don't know, Erin, did you come up with anything? I, I think
2: living lime green is like, I love, like, I love the lime green. I think it's so great. And then you said something a bit ago that you heard from Jill Briscoe, which was like, get in the playpen, which I thought was really it. Oh yeah, get in the playpen. Yeah, I was thinking get think the, the lime
0: green thing too. Problem being, Jackie already wrote the book. Did you? <laughs> with well, the color. I do have a book called Lime Green. <laughs> <Lime>, but <laughs> it's okay. maybe this is a part two, lime green, you know, free, free to live inside. Yeah. Outside of the playpen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Jackie, it's been such a rich conversation with you. I'm, I'm, cannot wait to have you at our Inspired to Lead event uh, coming up here soon. I'm really
1: looking forward to
0: it. Thank you for your wisdom you, and your too. honesty and just more to come. Um, more to come with Jackie. Thank you so much. Amazing. All
1: right. Thank you. Thanks. Everybody. Thank
0: you.